0: You are listening to the Jesus, Dietrich and Me podcast, thank you for tuning in for today's show. We are going to be talking about confession and communion from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book Life Together. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Jesus, Dietrich and Me. So grateful that you are uh, taking some time to listen to us, whether that's in the in your morning commute, your afternoon commute, uh, maybe listening to us lulls you to sleep, and you are <laughs> you are listening as you are falling asleep. That's kind of a kind of a weird thought if you think about it, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Um, we are we are the pastors at Family of God Lutheran Church in Southwest Detroit. My name is Tyler. Across from me is uh, Pastor Hill, and uh, it, again, just blessing. It's a blessing to be here with you guys. Uh, we are moving a little slow today. I think it's been a long week for both of us. A couple things getting back into the mix. Uh, with different uh, different preaching engagements, Pastor Hill led a Bible study that uh, started this morning uh, that has been on pause since what uh, March? Is that fair? Yeah, early March. So that getting the the senior Bible study group back at Christ our Savior, I think that was a good thing uh, today. But it's certainly wears on both of us. So we're moving a little slow today. So if we sound at all uh, sleepy, or if we happen to <laughs> happen to nod off during the episode, uh, bear with us. Um, and and we'll we'll get through today. Uh, we're going to do something. Uh, we're going to continue with doing something differently. We last week we we strayed away from uh, the cost of discipleship, and we talked about mental health, uh, which was a good episode. I thought it was. I think it was good for, for both of us to to talk about, and um, especially in you know the times that we're living in today. Uh, but today we're gonna we're also we're not going to return back to the cost of discipleship yet. Uh, we're actually going to look at uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's life together. Uh, and this was, this was a book that, uh, oddly enough, I received for free when the seminary table was out at Concordia University in Ann Arbor. They were giving these copies away uh, of, of this book. And so I, I read it before I even graduated college uh, and then reread it again when I joined here at, at Family of God. And Pastor Hill, you've done a lot of Bible studies mm-hmm. with, uh, with uh, Life Together, including the one that you'd run on Saturdays with a close group of guys. So we're going to look at this this page, I'm sorry, this quote from uh, chapter five, which I mentioned in the intro, uh, called "Confession and Communion." So this is uh, again "Life Together" by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, chapter five, and this is page one ten. And this is this is the the quotation that that he uh, that he says. And I can I want you to try to imagine uh, the first half of this quote probably being a little sarcastic. Would you say, oh, Pastor yeah. Hill? And then followed by a very, very true fact. So here's the quote. So Bonhoeffer writes, he says, Many Christians are unthinkably horrified when a real sinner is suddenly discovered among the righteous. So we remain alone with our sin, living in lies and hypocrisy.
1: So that's two parts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um first of all, I've been suffering from insomnia, so are you suggesting if I <laughs> listen to myself, I maybe, might sleep better? I
0: did, not, I did not say that. Well, maybe if I'm listening to you, I'll sleep better? Yeah, but I can be loud sometimes. You're very you're very soft-spoken and gentle. Uh, I'm, not as, I'm not as gentle when it comes, and soothing when it comes to, to preaching. I tend to be a little more in your face. Uh, yeah.
1: So, in the typical Lutheran church, a typical ba- in any church really, uh, with all of our, I'm going to use the word pretensions. Oh. Uh, when a real sinner, what would a real sinner look like walking in the door? Uh, what does Family of God look like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dirty, smelly, carrying a, uh, a 40. What's a 40? Uh, that would be a 40 ounce bottle of malt liquor. Yeah, partially consumed. And of course, he sits in the back row, and everybody's thankful. Right. Uh, because then they don't have to look at him, and they don't have to uh, talk to uh, him, talk to him, confront him. And uh, most churches that I've been pastors at, all of all of three, and two of them would be typical Lutheran churches. Yeah, one or two elders would be right there at his side to help him. Get out of the church <laughs> as
0: soon as the service was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of a of a story. Uh, there's a couple. One of our guys here told this told this story where he went to another church. I won't uh, I won't say the name of the church for the, the sake of of that church. But he went from our he went from he was he's been in Detroit his whole life. He's been homeless for a while, and he went to this church and he started to walk down the aisle to the front to like get close to the altar area. And one of the ushers tapped him on the shoulder and asked him or and said he might be more comfortable in the back or something like that and that was that was a guy that is just like you described you know he's mm-hmm. got a beard he's you know looks looks like oh i have a beard uh he's you know got a mangy beard he's a little probably a little smelly uh ripped jacket dirt all over him uh looked like he hasn't showered in a couple of days and he was that quite quite what weeks yeah weeks yeah maybe weeks um i thought you said reeks and i was like yeah that prob- probably that too Um, But this was a guy that he genuinely wanted to go to church, and that was what he was met with. Oh, you're a real sinner. We don't want you to be here. You might be more comfortable in the back. You can hear the gospel, but we don't want you to be close.
1: We actually prefer you weren't here at all. We just don't know how to get you out of here. Right.
0: We still want to to uphold our Christian duties and say that we didn't kick somebody out of the church, but we might as well have.
1: Yeah, so we talk about that sometimes in comparison when we go to other uh, suburban churches in uh terms of uh placards around our neck? Mm-hmm. You wanna explain that?
0: Yeah, um placards around the neck. So when we go to uh, our suburban churches and I know we have a we have an audience, you know, from churches like Christ our Savior in Livonia, uh a church that we love, 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 love being a part of. Um you know, but it's vastly different from Family of God. And in churches that are in the suburbs and, and more uh, better off communities. I think that's probably a fair fair way to say that. Um, you, you, people like to hide their brokenness. Uh, people uh, don't they don't come in saying, "Guess what I did yesterday," or Pastor, you'll never believe what I did. Um, Pastor they, says, "Yes, I will." Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> Please don't. We tell me. right and though in churches like that, and I mean in the church that I grew up in, you know, I, I wouldn't dare tell tell people that were there what I did. You know what what was that what I was struggling with. You know, you show up, you wear, you put on the suit and tie, you do what you got to do, you, you you do your worship, you take your communion, you visit a little bit, you have a couple cups of coffee, um, and then you talk about yesterday's football game, uh, and then you move on with your day, and quite literally, probably sometimes you go you go right back to that same sinful life. That kind of gets put on pause when you go to church. Everything just nobody nobody knows what you're going through. Nobody you know nobody needs to know. Nobody really wants to know, and you know your sin stays hidden. Um, at a place like Family of God, however, uh, you mentioned the placards on your on your around your neck. Uh, imagine if everybody that came to Family of God, or even imagine if in your church. Imagine if you were walking into your church and before you sat in the pew. So you, you know, the usher, the elder gave you a, a placard and it had your deepest, darkest sin on it.
1: Cheats on taxes.
0: Right, right. Alcoholic, uh, yeah. having an affair, uh, yeah. you know, whatever whatever that, that may be. Um, you know, it, imagine walking into your church, sitting down and having that placard put on, put around your neck and so everybody can see what you're struggling with or how you're broken or what it is that's impacting you. Uh, and it comes in different flavors. Might it might you might some people might have multiple placards on them. You know, some of them are it on can the be back. Digital, right? It's flashing various <laughs> Yeah, screens. or like or like the uh the bus the the bus ticker. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. that's kinda just kinda goes around the around the bus and uh okay. yeah. I think the
1: upshot of that is none of us would walk into that church no. like, if we were going to get that right. Placard.
0: That's a that's a church that nobody yeah. would go to. Um I can certainly say that that would if I knew that my deepest and darkest sin was going to be on display for everybody to see, I would not go to that church um, because of what Bonhoeffer says. It's People are horrified when they realize, wow, look at there is a real sinner over there. Yeah, so I'm going to stay away from him. Yeah, so compare that to family of God, please. Yeah, family of God, when we, I mean, it's people come here, and <laughs> we say they, uh, they might as well have that placard because in this neighborhood, Everybody knows. Uh, every, yeah, everybody knows everything. Everybody knows everything. There is no hiding anything. All it takes is for one person, and usually there is one person, that sees you and then it spreads like wildfire. And, I mean, we we often hear the sins, the confessions of people before they even bring the confessions because we hear other people say, you'll never believe what so-and-so did. I mean we just we literally heard that about what half an hour ago somebody yeah. came into into our office and said and said, pastor pastors, this happened over here yesterday i saw I saw it on Facebook, and it's like, okay, like it just
1: it Waffles on Facebook it's true of well course. yeah,
0: but um yeah but anyway you, you get you guys get the point, I think you know people here there's no hiding people people are very are very raw. The yeah, t- everything no is everything hiding is on and no attempt to hide. Either. Right? Oh yeah, it's almost. I don't want to say that they're proud of the sin, um, they accept. but they just accept this is who I am, this is what I've done, and at least I'm not the. This is what we get. At least I'm not like that guy. At least oh, I'm. Yeah. At least I'm. You know, I might be. I might be a drug addict, but at least I'm not a rapist. You know, at least I'm not a this. And at least I'm not a that. Um, and you would say, at least I'm not a politician at the end of yeah. the joke. Um, so maybe I should fill but, that out. But, but the, higher, yeah. Yeah, the hierarchy of sin, as we as we call it.
1: Yeah, because I'm, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm a better than you are because you're a pill popper. And the pill poppers says, yeah, well, maybe, but because after all, alcohol is legal. Right. And you're taking uh, prescription drugs that aren't really prescribed you, but you think you're better than the guy sticking the needle in his arm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy who sticks the needle in his arm thinks you're, thinks he's better than the crazy guy who's taking crack or meth, or and then that person thinks they're better than the one who sells his, his or her body in order to get their drugs. And, the, and then they all think, at least I'm not a child molester.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the child molester says, at least I'm not a politician.
0: Yeah, that's my little lit- name. Yes, and yeah. it, uh, it usually so. it usually gets some awkward chuckles <laughs> in, in the yeah, in the congregations that we share that. I with did that
1: in Saginaw with the mayor of Saginaw sitting in front of me, not knowing that he was the mayor. Of Saginaw. Oh that was no! Not a good moment. But he laughed, and I sort of apologized. But yeah. So but even we, but we digress. <laughs> even, you know, but even in our church, yeah, I admit that I'm a sinner. Um, but I'm not so keen on uh, accepting other fellow sinners right. for who they are. I, I categorize and I judge. So the second part of this says, so we remain alone with our sin, living in lies and hypocrisy. Why? Because we know and we participate in the typical um, church members' uh, horror at real sins, the last thing you want to do is let someone see you for who you really are, mm-hmm. um, and so you camouflage yourself, and frankly, some of us are pretty good at that, mm-hmm. right?
0: Some of us are very good at it.
1: He goes on to say the same paragraph, uh, the same page, that the outcome of that is everybody must conceal his sin two words added, from himself. You can't be a good hypocrite without doing what deceiving, deceiving yourself. Your, deceiving yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I know what I did, but yeah, here are my reasons why it's different for me. Right,
0: here's why it's okay that I did what yeah. I did. I think it was. Uh, I think we were, we were talking about this uh, off air, and uh, you had given a you had given a quote. Yeah, well, I, you'll probably get to it, but von uh, Hoffer says that sin wants to remain unknown. I think it was Luther that said that sin sin desires to be righteousness. Uh, sin, you know, we liked it we want like to we justify we want to justify our sin. We want to say, Yeah, I know that I did this, but this is yeah, really what you said, that this is why I did it. I stole this because my family really needed it. Uh, I stole or I did this to this person because they really deserved it or something like that. We justify our actions mm-hmm. and, and conceal that and deceive ourselves excuse ourselves
1: excuse it yeah excuse ourselves yeah so it says conceal his sin from himself that doesn't mean you girls were off the hook <laughs> and from the fellowship so why would we need to conceal our sin from the fellowship i think it's because we're afraid of being i say judged and devoured and devoured
0: yeah yep. we're marginalized th- yeah uh, yeah well i think we don't want to s- we <laughs> We don't want to send people into shock. Like, he, you'll never, well, like, what What do we hear from people? Pastor, you'll never believe what I've done. You'll never believe this. Yeah. Never believe that. And, or I don't want to tell you because I don't, <laughs> I used to say this to my mom and my dad. I don't want to tell you because I don't, I don't want you to get mad at me. Like, I don't want to tell you because I don't want you to look at me differently.
1: Yeah, I don't want to face the consequences. Right. right. Well, so that too. Did, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, and one of the consequences is to be shamed or uh, humiliated Mm -hmm. or, so another little story because, you know, sometimes these things come to haunt you when I say, teach things like this, a young man doesn't come here anymore so breathe easy. That I knew, but he didn't know that I knew, was a uh, child molester, uh, convicted and released So this was when my grandson, who came with me like two or three times a week, and he was maybe six, uh, is in the room, and the man comes up to me and says, I'm still struggling with my uh, desires, Um, I haven't done anything, but I'm struggling, and I just can't believe that Christ would ever forgive me for what I've done. Yeah, there's a moment of truth. Yeah. You get an a you get an A for confession, right, yeah, I said the right words to him, so you get an A for absolution, <laughs> right, and I looked over my shoulder at my grandson and said, "You will never be alone with him again mm-hmm. um so yeah, that doesn't mean we have to be stupid about uh, right. about sin, but
0: yeah, well, that's why you know we've said before forgiveness is not forgetting we've said this before on this podcast you can forgive somebody for their th- for what they've done but you don't forget what they've done and if that's the case and I mean you don't forget that this yeah you can forgive this young man for for being a a child molester but you can well, remember Christ can
1: forgive him I you know I struggle to be honest
0: but yes right well that's that's why that's why I, I would struggle with that too absolutely I would um, and that's why we say Uh, Our forgiveness is not ours. It doesn't come from us. It comes from Christ. So, here, uh,
1: just to carry this a bit further before we do do more like a medical diagnosis, Uh, (laughs) here, um, we're often not surprised by what people say they've done. And sometimes we have to. Don't yawn.
0: (laughs) sorry, I told you.
1: (laughs) Sometimes. Because of mental illness, we have to sometimes try to decipher if what they're saying is what they've done or is Mm -hmm. what they thought they've done or in their imaginary world. But, and I'm, you know, more than once, treading carefully, and this has happened in many churches, uh, someone will publicly fall, and their image was, you know, As clean as it could be, but they're living a secret life. Mm -hmm. And eventually, gosh, secret lives trip you up. Lie upon lie upon lie upon lie. Sooner or later, you're going to get caught. Um, You can just hope you're dead before (laughs) you get caught, but never mind. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and that's truly shocking when, you know, the perfect pastor turns out to have had an affair or or the perfect elder turns out to... um,
0: be an addict,
1: be an addict, or the perfect council member turns out to have been embezzling from the church. Right, um, those shock us much more than what happens here, because we get sucked into the illusion or delusion of perfection that uh, um, people portray themselves as.
0: Yeah.
1: So this is a so what, so what, Bonhoeffer would say. The so what of that is that sin in the fellowship because he takes that to be the church the fellowship is corrosive um, especially hidden sin he's going to say uh, confess sin is healthy but hidden sin is like cancer
0: yeah um, I. you say that's a that is a powerful illustration I think that you say that hidden sin is very corrosive. Uh, man, it's like battery—like I think a battery acid that just eats away at just it. Uh, I mean, it that just erodes everything and takes everything from you, completely disfiguring things, and it's painful and it hurts. And but the, the fr- there's the freedom in the in in the forgiveness and in the confession, getting rid of that corrosive yeah. activity.
1: Except most of us don't believe that we will be forgiven Correct. and accepted.
0: So we just let it continue to eat at us. Yeah.
1: And what does that look like often? It looks like withdrawal from the fellowship. Yeah. Um, you know, I just don't feel like pretending today, so I'll skip church. Or, you know, maybe I need to change churches. I'll tell everybody I don't like Pastor X's preaching, but really I need to go somewhere else and uh, start my uh my uh, pretense is all over again because yeah.
0: yeah. I'm tired of hiding it from these, from this group of people yeah. so I'm going to hide it from it's another group of people over right. here, so I'll move on and yeah. so it's destructive if I get too close to somebody they might know my deepest secrets so he also says page,
1: in the same chapter page 110 he says um, some hard words here sin demands to have a man by himself yikes alone And when he goes on to say, and when sin has you alone, you are utterly alone. Um, That's called slavery to sin. Mm -hmm. This is different than uh, we all sin. We're all sinners and saints, and we live this life. And, you know, Luther says, first of the 95 theses are. Uh, Christian life should be a a life of daily confession. That's normal, but living in darkness with your sin uh, destroys you, destroys your family, and your community and
0: church. Well, I think about it this way Um, think about the, the prisoner and his, or like, Those old movies or even modern movies where they they capture somebody, they hold somebody hostage and they throw them in a cell or they throw them in a, a dark room that's dingy and grimy and you're shackled to like the, you know, like the one of the posts or one of the one of like the pipes, like you're just hanging there with, you know, with your arm, your arms that are shackled together and there's no way to move your body. There's nobody else in there. It's dark. It's wet. It's. There's and you can just rats, are nibbling, rats are nibbling at, at you. Rats are nibbling at you, yeah. And you got the getting children out of the room, <laughs> right? Right. And you can hear the you can hear the drip, drip, drip of the, and you just yeah. hear and you're calling out and nobody can hear you. That's what being alone with that sin is. When you say that you are utterly alone, and not only are you hurting, you're not only are you hurting in that moment, but the people that you love that aren't with you, they're hurting too because now you're away from them, and and that that total loneliness and that total depravity. Yeah, it doesn't affect just you anymore. Mm. It's affected everybody else that you know.
1: Often, uh, I wanted to go somewhere else, but now I'll go here, sorry. Um, What you think you're hiding, um, you're probably not hiding it as well as you think you are. Right. And people who are outside the church look in at you, and they're saying, this is the church. Mm -hmm. This guy says one thing, and... This is what he's actually He lives doing. another life. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we have the sinner-sate uh, truth. I'm, I'm going to put it on the right hand. Uh, and the left hand, Paul says, sin shall have or not have dominion over you. Mm. <laughs> so he does not say, you must not sin ever or else. But he's saying, do not let it have dominion. Mm. So can you kind of link together what you think dominion and uh being enslaved to sin mean together what does dominion mean
0: yeah dominion like it rules over you like you like that is the that is the that is what has all your attention that's what has all of your uh that's what takes precedence that's what is controlling you um yeah maybe you could say
1: you've surrendered yourself to this particular sin
0: right and maybe i mean in Somewhat willingly,
1: you're like, "Yep." Maybe at the beginning, but I would say over time. Over, yeah, over it, time, it's yeah. I guess it to controls the, you.
0: Yeah, I guess to the point where, yes, the initial. I st- can quit drugs whenever I want to. Right. I just don't
1: want yeah, to. Yeah, I
0: can. I yeah, I can stop it's having okay. that affair. I can stop doing. I can stop. Uh, yeah, I, yeah uh, I can stop these things, and just all I have to do is just I just have to want to do it, and. When sin has dominion over you, it doesn't matter if you, quote unquote, want to do it. Uh, it doesn't let you do it, essentially. That's it owns thing. you. Right, it owns you. Total domination. That's where that, I and mean, dominion, domination. Yeah, it's, it's, it's also dom- slavery. If you're enslaved yeah. to sin, it owns you. Yep.
1: Um, and so, that is not the same. As, I'm not like saying one sin is better or worse than another, but compar- comparatively, the daily mess ups that we have um as we daily bring them to the lord and ask for forgiveness and um also you know if i've hurt somebody in what i did i go and make it right confess uh, my sins that is normal i almost want to say healthy Mm -hmm. dealing with sin because sin is a reality this is the way to do it but if you allow it to get you alone Destroys you and destroys the church. I guess that's what Dietrich is saying.
0: Yeah, is that your chair squeaking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds right. like sounds like a goose outside. <laughs> no, we have ducks outside. <laughs> yes, we have one, two,
1: three, four, yeah. five, six chickens yeah, and yes, two ducks. We do. do not tell the city of
0: Detroit. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I think what you're what you're saying. Uh, sorry for that uh, quick. <laughs> Just listening. I was like, Oh, it sounds like a goose outside. No, nope, nope. Um, no, I think you're absolutely right when it comes to you know, the the sin sin we like to think that sin I think the temptation for us is to say that sin only is only it's about me. Well it's my problem, I'll handle it, it's my problem, I'll do this. It's my this is my issue, it doesn't concern you. But yeah, it it's destructive for all things around it. Oh, that's this is a harmless sin. This doesn't right. hurt anybody. Right. Well, that's like, yeah. I I've heard. Uh, I know. I think I mentioned either it was either on was either here, or it was in a it was in a sermon. I don't remember wh- where I was talking about this, but one of my favorite radio hosts said this one time. He's like, uh, he's like, I don't really. He's like, I don't care what you do as long as it doesn't bother me. Like as long as it doesn't bother others. Oh yeah, I can tell you and that I'm who I'm was like, ninety seven point one. Yeah, but yeah, never mind. Yeah. I, he's like, I don't care what you do as long as it doesn't impact me. And I'm like, well, just because like, it doesn't impact you doesn't mean that it's not wrong. It doesn't mean that it's not a sin. It doesn't mean that it's... An, and it's... It, it's If we have that mindset that the things that we do are only harmful for us, I, it just... You're you're fooling yourself. You know, your, your addictions, your whatever... I mean, we say addictions because that's what we deal with the most here. So your addictions, uh, your sinfulness... The things that you're hiding, not only does it affect you, but it affects everybody else around you. It's kind of like, uh, kind of like the sprinkler that kind of ch- 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 yeah. ch- it gets everything in its radius, like in its circumference. Like it's, it's gonna go around and eventually it's gonna get to somebody. It's gonna get somebody else wet. Was that a, was that a stretch for yeah. analogy there? So
1: Bonhoeffer says, "That's my way of avoiding answering <laughs> that." Thanks. <laughs> he says, "You are a sinner," page two. A great, desperate sinner. Boy, he knows you well. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Now come as the sinner you are to God who loves you. Um, He wants you as you are. He does not want anything from you, a sacrifice, a
0: work. He wants you alone. So sin wants you alone and God wants you alone. Yeah, it's kind of a stark choice. Yeah, no kidding. uh,
1: And in our minds... um, many times have I heard, you know, we've talked about this, I believe, kind of a Detroitism, but I'm sure it's uh, in other churches, you know, get right with God and God will get right with you. D- Dietrich's saying, uh, no, he wants you just as you are. That doesn't mean, of course, that he's going to let you be as you are, but what's the problem of, with uh, the idea I have to fix
0: myself before I can
1: present myself to God
0: well it goes with what we talked about before here it's that's an arrogant statement in my opinion um, you're you're taking credit for your salvation uh, well I did this part so yeah. God you can do you can do what you do now um, yeah. And it's like okay but you can't you are so paralyzed in your sin that you can't even make that first yeah. step mm-hmm. I was listening to the radio the other day and it said it was on the Christian station this was on the message on XM radio and the the host or the guy was like, God's done this, this, and this. All he's asking for you is to make the first step. I'm like, dude, you can't even make the first step. Like God doesn't go 99% of the way and say, okay, I've come this far. You need to do, you need to give me something. That's not, that's not the way that, that's not the way that works. Well, God. God goes the entire way. Because when you're dead, or you like you say, when you're dead, dead in your transgressions, you cannot move. When you're dead, God literally has to breathe in new life into you, or give new life to you. Whether that's by your baptism or by hearing God's word, whatever that whatever that looks like, and whatever however means He chooses to do that. Yeah.
1: So more more but, fundamentally, if I'm saying I can fix myself, then I don't need a savior.
0: Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And God knows that. God knows that we can't fix ourselves, which is why he did what he did.
1: Yet we have churches who, never mind. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for another, another, that's another time. But, um, so let's we're going to turn a corner here for a second. So um, he's saying some hard things. Basically, um, my word's not his. Um, the church cannot and I'm not talking about the organized church in the building and the council and talking the, the invisible church but the invisible church and the visible fellowship of believers um, cannot function uh, in this uh, environment of uh, hiding your own sin and uh, shaming and uh, uh, rejecting actual sinners. So it'd be like a hospital. You know, Sometimes we talk about family of God as a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you go to the hospital and the first thing they screen you for is, uh, oh, are you ill? Well, not COVID. <laughs> first screening, oh, yeah, you have a fever. Oh, you've been throwing up. Well, um, we only take healthy people here. Right, right. That's actually, I'm ashamed to say, often how the church presents itself
0: yeah well what is what what did you just say the, the 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 healthy don't need a doctor right? right it's the sick that need a yeah. doctor, and we're all sick I in many all ways of it,
1: all of us are, but not all of us admit' we're right. say, oh yeah. yeah and so uh, in a way the church can be an obstacle to those who are actually seeking um, the healing uh, e- spiritual healing and eternal life because of our what was that again because we're unthinkably horrified when a real <laughs> sinner suddenly <laughs> discovered. Right. Um, yeah. Back in the day, our churches had balconies, so you could send them up there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You could do that. Oh, we used to have a balcony.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, ours is something else. But um, what does that mean? He's saying, and remember that Life Together is about the seminary at... Uh, Thinking walls, and these are young Christian men who are actually bound together they're not you know showing up and leaving yeah. for their jobs and all that yeah
0: they're they're living in the same
1: quarters they're in yeah they're hanging almo- out together. almost uh, monastery like yeah, twenty four right? hours a day they're yeah. they're near each other. that's not an excuse for the rest of us, but yeah, he's saying the church can't exist without uh, confession
0: mm-hmm.
1: and forgiveness. Um, so, why is confession so hard? <laughs> uh, yeah, in <laughs> my experience, most people, um, and we'll talk about context in a minute, most men will, if they really have something they want to unburden themselves about, they'll throw out a red herring first. Meaning? Uh, meaning, they'll say something lesser watching your reaction oh to see where you're yeah before they give you the biggie
0: yeah well i gotta yeah i gotta get something i gotta get something big off my chest so let me start by saying oh pastor i was at the drugstore the other day and i took a i took a candy bar
1: <laughs> and if you go all legalist on them you're never gonna hear right <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you are gonna hear the rest right. yes that's what i mean um and so they'll t- they'll test it out um and there are some for men there's also remember he's writing to men there's natural barriers like uh, God, especially in America you know I gotta be the Clint Eastwood I can stand alone I don't need you And uh, all those things are things that tend to make us want to be apart rather t- than together so he says why is it often easier to confess our sins to God rather than to a brother oh and pick me isn't it because we are deceiving ourselves in our confessions to God? Guess what? God doesn't ask questions. You know, God, I had an inappropriate thought about a woman yesterday. If you say that to a brother, he's liable to say, who? <laughs> yeah. Who is the woman? What thought? Yeah. yeah. Who, what, when, where, how? How are we going to deal with this? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just say it to God into a vacuum. or feels like a vacuum. Right. And then I, you know, I'm waiting for the rubber stamp. Please forgive me. Yeah. And then I'll do it again. But never mind. Well, I was um, going
0: to say it's 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 a lot harder to, or a lot easier to convince. Uh, it's a lot easier to confess your sin to a God who you cannot see. You don't have. And a, you choose not to hear. And you choose. Yeah, <laughs> you choose not to hear. Yeah. But like, if I'm confessing my sins to you, you're in front of me. I can see your reactions. I can see. You have to I have to listen to you your response, whether that's positive or negative, and you know God, like you said, God. And if you go into your sanctuary, um, or you you know get on your knees at, at night before bed, and you confess, you know God's listening to you. And but you can
1: do all this authentically. I'm not saying right every confession to God is wrong.
0: Right, but you know you're not going to get. You're you're not going to get this booming voice from the sky that says, When did you have that thought? Or, you know, it's. I mean, I guess he could do that, but he probably would not do that. So, have we
1: used the three sacks of potatoes example yet? Yes, we have, because I remember what it was, I I think. But you can tell it again for everybody.
0: We're we're stuck (laughs) now. Yeah, tell it again for everybody. So, a man
1: goes to a priest and says, Father, uh, you know, if you're a Catholic, you know how this goes. I've sinned, it's been X number of days, weeks, months, years since my last confession." The, the priest answers him back, and he says, uh, "'Father, I stole three bags of potatoes.'" And the priest says, "'That's odd, Farmer Jones was just here and told me that somebody stole uh, two bags of potatoes.'" And then the confessing man says, "'Yeah, I'm coming back tonight for the third.'" <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind of false confession, I mean, that's very obvious, but, you know, we want God to bless us and forgive us, but we have little intention of changing our behavior, and that brings me to this idea that I launch it out of Bonhoeffer, it's not authentic at all, I mean, not authentic, of course it's authentic, it's not original, but living under the idea of living under the authority or living in accountability with another. So mm-hmm. two examples. These are not true, I hope. <laughs> yeah, so Tyler and I are somewhere and um, mixed company and his eyes seem to spend an inordinate amount of time looking at a particular woman. Yeah.
0: This never happened, Brandy. That's what I
1: said. Brandy, it never happened. <laughs> Not saying it'll never happen, but it'll <laughs> happen. Yeah. Accountability would be I, as a Christian brother, would, you know, give him a little poke and say, Tyler, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Yeah. Um, and um, the other side of accountability was if I didn't notice it and he confessed it, you know, we'd talk it through and you know, I'd assure him of God's forgiveness. But maybe next time he was in a room with all these millennial women, I might suggest to him he wears his sunglasses. <laughs> 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 That's fine. Put your head over your eyes. Yeah. No, The idea of accountability is to have someone who can speak into your life and tell you the truth. God's Word is truth. So speaking God's Word into your life, and um, someone you can go to and speak... Uh, the truth of your life, too, and hear back God's Word. So time for Tyler's Pyramid
0: of Relationships. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this
1: yeah, is, this is boring, folks.
0: No, it's not. It's So a lot of times when I introduce like a thought or something that I hear, I'll say, a friend of mine said this, or I'll say, a buddy of mine said this. And one time Pastor Jim said, well, what, how do you determine the difference between a friend and a buddy, or are they just the same I was like, well, I think I, st- I think I have. Well,
1: come on now, there were like four or five categories.
0: Yeah, right. Well, was, I'm, yeah, I was like, well, I think there's, there's actually a number of different categories, um, you know, and it, I think there's four actually. So there's like acquaintances. Wow. Acquaintances are the people that, uh, you know, that you see every day, or maybe not every day. You kind of, you, you're very friendly towards them. You know, if you see, if you Way run at into them, acknowledge right. them. Right. So I think about it. I think about like a, like a, like when you go to a pastors' conference. Okay. So there's like, there's the pastors that like I know that I'll. Say hey, how's it going? How's ministry? Oh, it's good. Oh, good. Good to see you guys here. Uh, you know, we'll t- we'll talk later. Maybe that kind of a conversation. And then there's like your friends where you're able to say hey, you know, where's uh what about where, you know, let's talk fantasy baseball for a little bit. You know, you're at this conference and you're able to catch up a little bit more. Like maybe you'll get a beer with them because um, yeah. you have something right. You have something you have something one. in common, right? And then there's then there's like my then there's like my buddies, which these are the guys that I'm gonna go probably spend you know four hours on the golf course with um these are the guys that i'm gonna go watch a game with go to a ball game with and then there's the then there's the i guess we would call it like an uber category uh that I would simply just call my brothers and these are the these are the 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 guys that um that know my that know my my secrets that know what I struggle with that know you know things 'cause I have confessed to them I'll never forget there was uh, it was one time when I was in college and I can't remember exactly what it was but I remember what I did uh, immediately after and I called uh, I'll just give him give him a shout out I called Critter uh, Chris who was studying to be a pastor um, I called him and I I said hey, can you meet me at Sidetrack now and he was living in on campus at Concordia and he said yeah and uh, so we, we met there and I kind like I said I don't remember exactly what it was and I uh, talked to him, and he he did he did exactly what you had just described, Pastor Earl. He he spoke he spoke God's word of forgiveness into my life. And uh, it's one thing when you when you read it, when you when you hear it through like a, from like a sermon, but it's it comes off a completely different way when you hear it from somebody that you know and you love, and and somebody that is that takes your confession and says you know, God has forgiven you of that sin. God has forgiven you of these things. God has, has done, you know, so it's, that's really important to have those people in your life that, you know, that's more than just having a common interest. It's more than just having, you know, these are the guys that I play fantasy baseball with. It's more, it's, it's, these are the guys that, that I, that I am comfortable enough to be vulnerable around. It's the people that, that know that know what I'm struggling with, and I, that I know that if I, if I if I confess to them something that's going on, that I know that they're gonna they're gonna correct me with love, and they're also gonna forgive me.
1: And if hopefully, if it's something that they can help you, um, a burden that you they can help you with, they can uh, check on you regularly. So it, yeah. It, so if you're struggling with uh, a particular sin a brother like that in an accountability situation might come back the next day or a week or whatever and say how are you doing with this which, which he did yeah and he still
0: continues to do yeah so, so
1: yeah that's uh it's really about the sinner needs to hear from Jesus mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the brother or sister brother gets to be spe- and speak Jesus into the other person's life right that doesn't work in a larger context of a congregation, but um, I'm going to take a half a step back. Not my. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. You didn't, you didn't know, go on Facebook and say, I need six brothers. These guys are all people who you built. Currently
0: taking applications. <laughs> yeah,
1: you built up relationships with over time. I'm gonna say you probably did red herring things with them, even if you didn't yeah, know you prob- did. yeah, probably. Um, so that you knew that you could trust them and they knew they could trust you. And so it's really saying you invest in each other. Um, so everyone needs that in their life. And the other word, as we're getting late here, transparency. Uh, no. It's really not something most of us want to do. Is to have somebody see us as we really are. Uh, Jesus sees us as we really are, obviously. But I'm, I'm telling you, you don't think about that very no. often. <laughs> no,
0: and maybe, and maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should, but maybe that would be such a horrifying thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's like that that verse in Jeremiah when he says that yeah, God is, you know, sought the heart, the the darkest of the depths, in the heart and it's like that, that thought should absolutely terrify you the, to know that God has has dug deep into your heart and knows every single little bit about what's truly inside of you. Like when you think that, when you think about that, like that's like, oh my gosh, like the God of the universe knows absolutely everything. I'm not high, it is impossible for me to hide anything. Well,
1: unfortunately, he knows more
0: about you than you know. Right. Oh, don't want to know Which know that is either. also <laughs>
1: horrifying. Yeah. So. That'd be and, like com- and comforting at the same thing, time, though. Yeah, that's like you know, you do something, try to pretend your mother uh, didn't see it, and she did, and she hasn't said anything, and you're finding right. a man up, and <laughs> right. Yeah, she says, "I know," and you think, "Oh gosh." Yeah, what? or I
0: I I've used this example before you. You know, your mom knows you didn't clean your room, so she comes upstairs while you're cleaning the room, and you're shoving everything in the closet and under the bed. She goes, "Oh, it's highly nice. It looks like your room is all nice and clean. Let me go check your closet." You're like, "No." <laughs> you know that she knows exactly what what you put in there so um,
1: I think we might pick this up again next week but' the yeah, here, sure. here I'm gonna kind of just focus down for a second and say we are not allowed not to allow sin to have dominion over us we're not to put on the shackles of sin again here um, I'm sure the they'll be coming for me with the hoods and 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 the and the Torches. The stake and the torches. But what we're talking about right now, I'm sorry, confession and absolution in the church service probably isn't what I'm talking about. No, I would or agree with that. praying to God. What he's saying is sin wants you to have you completely alone, and when you're alone with your sin, you are desperately, utterly alone. Then he goes on uh, in the same chapter to say, the expressed, expressed, acknowledged sin has lost all its power over you. Mm-hmm. When you tell your brother what you've done, it's now in the light. Right. And uh, hopefully, you actually tell him what you've done and not camouflage it. But yeah, once it's confessed, it's like having, you know, as little kids sometimes they get slivers. <laughs> right? Big kids get slivers oh, yeah, too. Well, yeah my daughters hated it when sliver time because here comes dad with a needle <laughs> no oh no it's okay I, i'm I, but once I'm you get it out there it is in my hand there it is um the Boy, fear is gone the, you know, well and it can start to heal yeah so that's the power of confession is to get the sin out uh, in the open to hear the words of christ from brother or brothers um and begin the healing process. Why would I want to do that? Oh man, um, yeah, because you want to be healed, mm-hmm. right? Maybe a last thought. I'll let you think about this, because we've really been talking about. Well, I need my brother. Um, we, and then we like to. Some men more than often than I more often than I care to think about will say, Well, I don't really need my brother. We'll flip that on a side, upside down for a second. Sometimes your brother needs you, right? And yeah. that's a really cool thing about accountability. When you are weak, he is strong. And when, when he's, he's weak, weak, you, you can weak. be strong. Yep. And uh, together, you know, was we'll saying proverbs uh, about <sighs> gosh, three a cord of three strands you th- Jesus and another brother mm-hmm. it's 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 a powerful not easily thing broken
0: i think it's ecclesiastes it's ecclesiastes yeah ecclesiastes 4 Maybe I, know cause I, <laughs> <laughs> I know that cuz i i know that cuz i preached a sermon That's on that not too long ago
1: but but the point is together with another um, is empowering um, and when you are desperately um, hiding in the darkness with your sin Sometimes the only way to be rescued is to um, open your heart and let someone come in, yeah and there's a risk, yep, because so many of us are not trained or uh, uh, don't will not react in the appropriate way, and that maybe yeah. that's a category
0: to talk about next time, yeah but yeah, I think we can definitely uh. We'll definitely table this discussion for uh, for next week. Um, you'll be here next week, and yep. you want to be here the week maybe. after. Yeah. So unless maybe, they come, unless, with the stakes and unless the fire. they come, <laughs> right? Yes, Pastor Hill is going to be traveling to Springfield. Is that right? Yep. Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, and uh, going to be taking some time, see some family, and yeah. uh, so we'll f- try to figure out what we're going to do for the podcast. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll have a guest. Maybe we can try to go remote. We'll figure something out. Maybe, maybe I'll be solo. Maybe Pastor Jim will be solo. Who knows? We'll leave that up for uh, up in the up in the air. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think where we've landed for today is I think our challenge today is think about those people in your life that are your brothers or your sisters that fall into that category of people that you can be vulnerable with. Think about that and um, and be and be thinking about. Even asking and considering, can I have you know? Is this can I have this relationship with this person? Yeah. So that be the difference between
1: proactive and reactive. Mm-hmm. I'm in desperate need of a brother. That would be reactive, but proactive would be to establish the
0: relationship before all heck right. breaks loose. Yeah, because I'm going to need it, and you will, you will need it. We're all going to have those moments in our life where we, mm-hmm. where we're and faced so with sin. Yeah. So will they. And so yeah. Yes. And so will they. Yeah, that's a good point. So th- thinking about that this week, until next time when we continue this discussion, thank you all for for listening. We love all of you, at least most of you. We think uh, we don't really know who it is that's listening, <laughs> but but we do we do love all of you. Thank you. We thank you. I do you know all. they're all sleeping soundly at night. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So thank you all for for listening this week. Uh, we hope that it was fruitful for you. Uh, we will talk with you all. Uh, very very soon God loves you and so do we Jesus, Teacher, and Me is a Family of God Lutheran Church podcast we're supported by a number of different congregations in the southeastern Michigan area the mid-Michigan area we cannot do what we do without you so thank you very much to all who listen all who support the Family of God if you have a chance make sure that you go to Uh, fogdetroit.com. Make sure that you rate and review the podcast so that other people can find it and enjoy listening. Thank you for listening today. We'll talk with you all next week.